Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to this episode of Once You Know Me. Today we're going to talk about a very simple topic. It's one that gets hit on a lot, uh, especially here recently because uh, different cities and states are passing different laws about it. Here in Atlanta, they actually pass a new law uh, regarding it. Um, so what is it? it? It's marijuana. So um, first and foremost, I want to get this out the door before you uh, kind of throw your hat uh, over to the side and say, you know what, fuck this guy. I'm not going to listen to anything he says. He's just obviously some, you know, useless pothead that has decided to pick one side over the other. I have never smoked marijuana. I've never eaten any sort of marijuana. I've never had any type of weed in my system. Um, maybe I have probably had secondhand smoke at one point in my life um, just because I walked through a cloud of it, but I mean, it that's not enough to really do anything to you, and it definitely doesn't affect your body. I've always stayed away from it. I've always kept my distance from it, not because I'm afraid of it or because that I would never do it, but because it's illegal. And I really like freedom. I like being able to walk around and be out in the open. And although I think marijuana is absolutely harmless and it should not be a uh, lawful offense to partake in it, currently as it stands, everywhere I've lived or everywhere I've, I've been... It has been illegal. I've never lived in Colorado, and the short time that I've been in California, I, I don't believe uh, I could have went out and purchased some legally. Um, but that's just to preface uh, pretty much a, a story that I kind of want to, you know, give to you guys because it's I think it's very interesting, and I think it's a, one of the reasons that I've been the way I have uh, about marijuana, and. It's definitely one of the key turning points in my life toward uh, liberty and my... I wouldn't say that I have a disdain for police or for the state in in the sense of law enforcement, uh, but I do have some animosity toward the way they go about their business. I definitely have an issue whenever they murder someone or whenever they do unlawful things like uh, illegal search and seizures civil asset forfeiture or whenever someone gets shot and they plant evidence or if they plant evidence in general. Basically, whenever you have one of those rare instances where a cop does something that isn't legal or moral and my biggest problem isn't that cop, is the ones that are around him that see it and don't report it. I know it's a brotherhood. I understand the concept of not wanting to ride on somebody that you work and serve with, but at the same time, it's one of the reasons that law enforcement have such a huge problem today and why so many people are starting to push back against what abilities they have uh, that restrict them, restrict them from having punishment. Um, but anyways, so uh, the, the fact that I have never smoked or the, I've never partaken in any sort of extracurricular activities when it comes to, to the ganja... Um, I just want to I want to make it clear I've been around it my entire life also I I, I know people I've been around people um, in a state that is absolutely 100% it's still illegal and it definitely was illegal uh, when I lived there but there it has been all around me pretty much from day one and I'm not gonna go into detail on why that is you'll probably figure it out here in a minute but uh, my my point on that is, I know all these people are good people. 
Um, most of the folks that I've ever been around that have done it, they're peaceful. They don't get into trouble all the time. And if they do ever get into trouble, it's because somehow somebody found out that they had weed and reported them to the cops. That's And it, it blows my mind that this thing that is grown from the ground can be pulled directly from earth and rolled up into a little piece of paper lit on fire and somehow that is illegal. If weed had never been discovered, if we discovered weed tomorrow and we found all of the benefits that we get out of marijuana for our bodies during uh, cancer recovery or through radio radiation therapy, um, I think that people would think this is a gift from God. He himself has let us find this thing that we have been asking for, which is to get release or relief from having an ailment that is killing us and making us miserable. So the fact that we have people out there, specifically Christians, uh, that are so strongly against marijuana consumption blows my mind. I, I, I can't see how someone would hate something that God has put here that literally helps you. And, and, I mean, obviously, God has put some things here on earth, if you're a believer, that will do you great harm. Uh, I mean, shit, there's a, there's spitting venomous snakes out there and, and frogs that if you touch them, your whole, you know, your fingers absorb the poison and you can die. You know, there, there's obviously things out there that, that do you harm, but marijuana is not one of them. It's, it, it is a, it is a miracle as to its effects on the body. Uh, obviously, if you're smoking it, it's not good for your lungs because inhaling any smoke is bad for you. So if you're going to have that argument, you basically need to say that you shouldn't be able to smoke cigarettes. Um, but there are different ways that you can consume the benefits of marijuana without having to smoke it. You can uh, boil it and make a butter out of it. You can extract the components out of it and leave the THC out of it. Uh, the cannabid, cannabid, cannabis oil. I don't know what's going on with my tongue today. It's all tied up and retarded. Um, but... If you extract the good things like cannabis oil, you can actually take that and there are kids out there that suffer from several seizures a day. I mean, they there's been cases where a kid has like 100 seizures a day and they take some of this cannabis oil and it, and it almost wipes it out completely. Uh, it, it doesn't stop them from having seizures, but it reduces the amount that they have by an extreme amount. There's people out there that have um, these uh, muscle... Uh, deficiencies where their body is just constantly gripping up and twisting their muscles and they're starting to twitch, Parkinson's disease, things like that, that whenever they take cannabis oil, it lets their body relax and it slows down these firing of, of their neurons and their muscles aren't just, just going absolute ape shit 24-7. And it gives these people enough release that they can actually get some sleep. If you can imagine just constantly having cramps throughout your arms and legs and your body and you're just convulting and you can you imagine going to sleep like that and then someone gives you this miracle thing that obviously just that is what is causing your body to calm down um it, it, it's insane to me that people would have a stance against that and and like i said as somebody that's never done it before or never needed it before i i, I don't get that argument and i've you can't use it against me. I'm not looking at it for, you know, the the party benefits of it. Now, obviously, if you're going to go look at it from that from that angle, I think that marijuana would probably be safer than alcohol. 
And there are probably statistics out there that would prove that. I think if you have like someone that is an angry drunk, are they going to be an angry pothead? Uh, no, that statistically, I think that that's the opposite. Most people that are really wired up and they're amped up and their testosterone is raging, whenever they have a joint, they calm down and all they want is some snacks. And, you know, it's, it's a big difference. And like I said, I've been around people that smoke weed and I've been around them my entire life and I'm, I very rarely do I come across somebody that is high and they want to fight. Most of the time they just want to chill out, laugh about some stuff and eat your Doritos. So, you know, be careful if you like Doritos and you got some dudes around you that are smoking pot, but, you know, I digress. Anyway, so the key here, or the whole point here, is uh, is kind of this story that I had. Um, um, like I said, never done it before, but I was in a situation where the police raided a house that I was in. And uh, it, it turns out that I was at my dad's trailer. This is when I was 15. And uh, it was me and my two brothers. And my oldest brother had a, a new girlfriend uh, that we all rode down together to visit my dad. And we, it was in the middle of February. Uh, it was very cold outside. So, you know, we had the heater on and everything else. Well, at the time, my dad lived way out in the woods. He lived, you know, by himself. And he would roll up um, tobacco. He'd get this Bugle Boy or Top Tobacco, and he'd roll it up in the same 420 paper that you get for, for marijuana, but he would roll cigarettes. Now, um, fast forward to a little bit later in the evening, and my brother takes my dad to a convenience store, and I think it was to buy more, uh, to buy more cigarettes or cigarette tobacco. And some uh, some roll paper. Um, well, he left me and my youngest brother and my eldest brother's girlfriend there at the house. And about a, uh, 30 minutes had gone by, and I go to stand up, and I was about to say, hey, i got to go to the bathroom. Um, when I look out the window, and all I see are lights. And I mean, like, just the flashing lights. It's going crazy. And I hear this, like, skidding across gravel, because it was a gravel driveway. And I literally got oh sh out of oh shit in my out of my mouth, and before I could get shit completely out, every single entryway into this house was busted down, and the cops rushed in. Now, I'm sure that you've seen movies. I'm sure that you've watched some sort of raid on Law and Order. Or something like that. But I, I promise you, it is not as clean as the movies make it. It is messy. Um, and it looked like something... Uh, I can't even describe at how quickly we were just, you know, approached and thrown to the ground. Uh, with force, uh, we were we were made to get down. Obviously, there were, you know, the law enforcement, they, they didn't do anything wrong in the regards of, you know, making sure that they were safe and making sure that we couldn't get a weapon because they didn't know who was in the house, obviously. So they I'm not, I'm not, you know, poking at the fact that they came in and they threw us down. What I do have a problem with is how they handled the situation after. So obviously I'm 15, my brother's 12, and my brother's girlfriend is also 15. So when they threw us to the ground... They had their they had their foot on our backs, and I could feel a gun pointed up against my head. And I look over, and my brother is in the same situation, 
and my brother's girlfriend is on the ground, and she is also sta- like the guy's like standing on her with a gun t- pointed at the back of her head. And as I'm as I'm sitting there, I di- I realize, and obviously she realized, my brother's girlfriend had gotten thrown down right next to the space heater, and it's one of those that has the really bright orange wires that run, you know, uh, horizontal. And it was burning her leg. Like, she was literally screaming from how much pain she was in. And no one was listening. They, were, You know, obviously, they're running through the house. They're just trashing the place, throwing shit all over the fucking uh, living room, the kitchen, the bedroom. You could hear them in there just... I mean, they're tossing the mattresses. They're just going absolutely fucking crazy in this house. And no one is listening to the, her pleads of, of pain. And, I, you know, I, I immediately go to push myself up to go help her... And that was when the cop forced my head down with the barrel of the gun and told me if I fucking move, he's going to blow my goddamn head off. And as a 15-year-old who's never had had one brush up against with the cops, I was absolutely furious. I was not afraid. I was angry at the fact that this is happening to me. Someone who has never done anything ever against the law. I hadn't even had my first drink at this moment. So I was obviously pissed about the fact that I was being, you know, forced into this situation, but I was even more angry that they weren't addressing the fact that she was she was burning. So I scream out at him. I was like, then you need to get her outside. She's fucking burning. And then I guess he heard me because they were like, we'll get her. You shut the fuck up. And they pick her up and they take her outside. Well, we're in the living room right next to the door. And when he takes her outside, she's she's absolutely losing her goddamn mind. She's never had anything like this ever happen to her, and she's obviously never been a part of a police raid. Guess what? Me neither. And they step her out uh, right next to the porch. I can hear everything that's happening. She's, I mean, she's like crying so hard, she's got like snot running out of her face. And that's when I hear the guy say, do you know that you are in a meth lab? And she starts vomiting everywhere because they just told her that she's in a meth lab where all of the scum of the earth live and you're probably going to go to jail for being in a meth lab so obviously i'm i'm not upset with her for believing it i'm definitely not upset with the cops because i believe it i'm sitting there furious at my dad now i wanted to break his face in half i was absolutely pissed Because why would the cops lie? Obviously, they know more than me. These are adults. They investigate shit for a living. They know what they're talking about. Well, fast forward a little bit later. They sit me and my brother up on the couch. They calm the fuck down. They realize that we're just little teenagers that have never done anything wrong. And that we don't have any guns. And we definitely don't have any drugs on us. We look like, you know, I was an AB student. My brother's all straight and narrow, doing their thing. We, you know, we'd never done anything that would warrant us being thrown to the ground with guns pointed to our heads. And, and I think the, the lead investigator finally comes in and he's like, listen, kids, I just want to talk to you about drug use and, and, you know, how it's dangerous for you and how it's bad for your health. And I look this guy straight in the face. He's like, does it look like we do drugs? That we're not here to get high. We're here visiting my father. And this one stupid deputy comes stepping in he's got he found this you know those little sugar cookies you get for christmas to have all the little cookies separated by little papers and you know grandma's always hand them out well my dad had a can of that that he had emptied out and he had put his 
cigarette tobacco in with orange slices to keep like moisture and to keep, give it a little bit of flavor. And this deputy comes in, he's like, hey guys, I found a stash. And he opens it up in front of my brother, who is 12, and he looks at him, and I swear to God, he looks at this guy straight in the face, and he says, that cigarette tobacco, you fucking idiot. Now, I gotta give my little brother some, some credit here. That took balls. For a 12-year-old to say that shit to a cop that just had a gun pointed to your head, it's pretty damn, that, that's crazy as hell. And and that at that moment, I, I you know he gained a little bit more of my respect. I, I was glad that I beat him up so much, so he'd be tough enough to say some shit like that. Um, one second. Ah, uh, had to get a sip of my skinny vanilla latte. So, all right. So fast forward another uh, five or ten minutes. Uh, you know, it's really only been maybe. 15 minutes total since those guys busted the door down and they're freaking the hell out there. You know, I forgot to mention earlier when they were screaming at us, uh, right after they sat us up, uh, they said, where's Troy Pope? We, we, we need Troy Pope. And I, I look at him, I was like, y'all missed him. He, or he'll be here in a minute. He just went to the gas station with my brother. He's like, what are they driving? And I, I look at him, I'm like, it, it's a white Chevy blazer with the front right headlight busted. And, and one of the cops in the back is like, shit, we passed him on the way here. So, <laughs> so they, uh, they get on the, you know, they get on the radio, they, they tell them what the, the vehicle is and, and everything else. And, and sure enough, we don't, we don't see my dad. Um, but they, my little brother at the time he was, he was young, but he could play an acoustic guitar very well. And, uh, the, the, the cop had found out, the lead investigator had found out through talking with us for a minute after we stopped cursing at him, uh, that he liked playing the guitar. And I guess he, he was like, well, can you play me something? I think to kind of help us calm down. And so he brings in, uh, he brings in the guitar and he sits there and he starts playing the guitar for him. And as that's happening, uh, I see my grandmother pull into the driveway. Now, obviously none of you know, uh, Mary Pope and, you know, God bless her soul. She's, you know, up in heaven today. Um, but back then, she was the most church-going, devout Christian, like your absolute framework for what you would think a godly woman is. I never heard the woman swear. She never said bad things about people. She had nothing but an open heart and an open home to anybody that needed it. If you came over, she was cooking you some cookies or baking a cake. And she wanted you to just feel uh, loved and at home. And this went for anybody in town. I mean, everybody that like my my cousins or or I brought over eventually called her grandma. You know, and that that's just the way. Well, they didn't call her grandma. They called her Granny Pope. Everybody called her Granny Pope. And it it just broke my heart with what situation was happening at her son's house and the fact that she came into the middle of it. You know, there's no getting around, you know, the fact that this happened, even even if everything turned out to be a fucking lie, which it did. Um, but she comes in, she's just absolutely terrified. They tell her what, what they're there for, and she does the same thing. Like She's like, what? There's no way. She's like, that is an absolute fallacy. Um, she, she was beside herself that they said it. And, uh, but the difference is she didn't believe it for one second. She knew that they had gotten the wrong guy. And, uh, so we, 
we eventually we get done uh you know with all the formalities there they give her custody of us so we can go uh but my brother's girlfriend had to have her parents come and get her because my grandmother is not a relative they could not let her leave with her so we had to wait for her parents to drive an hour to where we were and pick her up and it was obviously a very stressful and a very terrible moment in our you know in for her in their relationship with my brother um but uh you know things were <clears throat> things were starting to wind down things you know finally right before we left they you know they basically said oh we didn't find any meth but we did find this bong and we found like two roaches in the kitchen so my at that moment i was still pissed at my dad and it, and mainly because there he put us in a situation that allowed the cops to bust down the door and throw me down and put a gun up to my head. Um, but as I got older, and you know, it didn't take very long for for this anger to kind of turn outward uh, away from my family and toward law enforcement, because how how crazy is it that we give people the ability to do this to a family without having any legitimate hard evidence. What had happened, and and we found this out later, is some guy got busted for dealing meth. Some guy that, you know, I don't even know who his name, I don't know what his name is. They wouldn't obviously give us any of that information. But some guy gets busted, and they shorten his, they give him a plea deal to basically give out or rat out people that are dealing meth. And since he had been over to my dad's place to smoke weed before, he threw my dad's name out there. And... Well, I speculate on that. I figure he had probably went over there to smoke weed with my dad. But he had obviously given the cops some sort of information that they believed to be real because they came in and they knocked the house, you know, they knocked in the house and fucking rampaged the place um, with kids in it. You know, they didn't do any sort of real investigation. They didn't look into what would be the best time to do this. They didn't do any, like, they didn't, you know, check out the place before they came in. Um, all they knew is that this was the place some dude that they randomly picked up had pointed a finger at, and they were just going to rush in there and do whatever the hell they want. And I think that's very scary because, you know, later on down the road, if, if they ever wanted to use an excuse to bust into a house, all they got to do is say, oh, we picked up Schmuckatelli over by the 7-Eleven, and he's telling us that this house that we've been interested in going into already is obviously a you know a drug dealing house so with that information we're going to go do what we want to do and that just gives a, a free check to the state to do whatever the hell they want to do so like i said you know that kind of created this atmosphere in in my own mentality uh toward law enforcement where i don't i don't give them as much respect as everybody else probably does that live, you know, in a red state. Um, I give them the respect that they're trying to do a job, and I understand that. What I have a problem with is the laws that they use to basically infringe on rights of people. And they'll bend them to however which way that they want to make sure that they get their guy. Even if it, you know, destroys a family or if it scars a kid for life. No, I don't. I don't think that I'm scarred from that. I don't think it's something that, you know. Oh my God, I get I get woken up at night because I I can't sleep 
because I'm afraid the cops are going to come in and, you know, break down my door and, you know, arrest me and my family. Um, you know, that, but it's one of the reasons that I've stayed away from marijuana. It's definitely one of the reasons that I've never decided to do, uh, you know, any sort of, uh, drug that's not prescribed to me. And, and, you know, I, obviously that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad outcome from that. But at the same time, I, I don't believe it's the state's right to tell me what I should or should not be afraid to do. And I, I think if I wanted to do that, I should be able to do it. Um, if weed was made legal tomorrow, I'm not going to go out and get high. I don't have that want. I don't have the urge to do that. So, it you know, it's kind of a null point to me about that, you know, for that to be kind of a thing. But, you know, after everything was said and done, they arrest, they, uh, they go out, they go to find my dad. Um, I, I think we had already gotten in, uh, in the car with my grandmother and we were just waiting on, uh, our, that the girl's family to show up before we left. And it turns out they, they find my brother's vehicle on the way home. They pull it over. And, uh, one of the other cool things about this whole story is my older brother is named after my dad. His name is this exact same, except it has a junior instead of a senior. So when they, they see him, they see his ID, they don't do any other investigation. They pull my brother out of the driver's seat of that vehicle, slam him up against the side of the car and go to arrest him. And that's when my dad gets out and he starts like raising hell, telling him not, you know, you're going after me, not after him. He didn't do anything. It's me. What are you, what are you doing? And, uh, because they started saying what they were arresting him for. And, uh, it just goes again to show you that these guys did not do any, they didn't have to do any investigation. They didn't have to do any like, Hey, this is the guy we're after. You know, it's not like Hollywood. They just basically said, here's an address. Here's the guy's name. Go get him. And that was all that they did. And so when they got my brother there, they arrest him. They arrest my dad. Finally, after he comes around the car and starts raising hell at him. And then they impound my brother's vehicle. And we had to pay to have that thing removed from the pound. He didn't even have any paraphernalia on him in the vehicle. The only problem was he was driving my dad to the store. His father. His own dad. Who didn't have any drugs on him at the time of the arrest. It's just amazing to me at what rights we give these people. And obviously, since my dad did have a bong and he did have a roach or whatever in the house, that's enough to where if he went to fight it or if he went to sue these people for what they did to him and his family, he wouldn't win. The district attorneys could technically say, oh, well, we found drug paraphernalia. This is a Schedule One narcotic and you had it in your possession at your home or your domicile. There's nothing that he could have done to fight the state over that. Because it didn't matter how shitty they did of a job to find out what they needed to go into the house. All they did was have some guy say it, and they did it. And that was, in, in, in the way the law is written, it was justified and legal. All over a fucking plant. Over a, a damn miracle from God that helps people recover and feel better and just get hungry and want snacks and laugh. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. So, obviously, it was a very crazy night. It was something that uh, that I'll remember until the day that I die. It's definitely something that I don't want to happen to my children. So, I will definitely stay far away from any of that shit, um, especially until they legalize it. Um, but, you know, I don't even... I, I can't even take pain meds. Like, I have... 
Percocet for recently rolling my ankle, which is a funny story in and of itself. Um, but they gave me Percocet uh, because I can't, I don't like Vicodin. Vicodin makes me feel bad. Um, and it doesn't really make the pain go away. So I asked for something different. They give me Percocet and the difference between Vicodin and Percocet isn't a lot, but it, at least it doesn't make me feel like a piece of shit. Um, but it does make me very high. It, it, it makes me feel like I drank like four shots of vodka in 15 minutes, uh, in, in within 10 minutes. And I feel like I'm in like this daze. I'm not all there. And then afterwards I, I, for some reason it was making me angry and it was giving me anxiety. Like I, 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 it's so strange. I feel like I have a very powerful mind. I feel like I have a lot of willpower. Excuse me. I went uh, prepubescent there for a second. I feel like I have a lot of willpower and I feel like I can control myself on what I do and do not feel. Uh, I feel like I can control that parts of my brain, but I was so, I was getting into these moments where I felt like, you know, just things weren't going right. And, and I was just, my brain was taking over the chemicals inside were unbalanced and it was making me feel fucking crazy. So obviously I'm not going to take Percocet anymore. So I've got like over half a bottle of Percocet uh, just sitting in my house that I'm going to dump down the toilet because I'm not going to take it ever. And, you know, technically I know that the black market value of those things are like 30 bucks a pop, but you know, I'm not a drug dealer either. So I don't want to do that. But you know, the point is I, I, I don't, I don't want, I, I'm legal. I, I could legally go in there and take a Percocet a day because my ankle still hurts. It's still in a lot of pain. When I walk around, it feels like somebody's stabbing in me in the top of the foot. And that's for an ankle injury. It goes all the way down to the tips of my toes uh, with how much pain I have because of those tendons that got snapped like a rubber band. So, you know, I'm legally able to do that stuff, but I don't like to. I don't want to. So if they made marijuana legal tomorrow, chances are I'm not going to do it because I don't have a, an urge. I don't have that that feeling or that drive to want to go do that. Um, and I think that's the way a lot of people are. I think that when it comes to drugs and, and legalizing drugs for anybody out there, I think that if they did make something legal or if they decided to make heroin legal tomorrow, the people that were going to do heroin are going to continue to do heroin. They're going to do it anyways, no matter if you have it legal or not. And the people that don't want to do heroin, they're not going to do heroin just because it's legal. Why would someone like myself want to go ruin my life over something that I know kills people? If you don't want to do heroin, you're not going to do it. If you want to do heroin, you're going to do heroin. It does not require someone on Capitol Hill or a piece of paper telling you that you can't. That's just the facts. Obviously, I think that there will be a little bit of an uptick in someone trying it. Someone may go try it for the first time, or you might have kids that come out of high school or go into college, and they're like, oh, I'll try it. But they were going to do that anyways. That's that's just the way the human the human policy like the the human society works. You're gonna have some people that end up throwing their lives away over something stupid. And then you're gonna have some people that are like, no nah, man, I wanna make something of myself. I would rather do the things the right way and not do drugs. I don't wanna do something that's going to ruin my fucking life. You know, I, I always think about how what is that one moment where somebody's like, Oh yeah, I'll try some meth. You know, it doesn't <laughs> To me, that's just insane as to why they would try something that they know is going to, you know, fucking, you've got enough evidence out there that it's going to destroy you. Um, 
But I don't think that's the same with marijuana. I don't think it's uh, even remotely close to the same level of shit that you get into uh, with your own body when it comes to marijuana. So, you know, I, I don't mean to, you know, rush down that rabbit trail. I'm sure that we'll tackle, uh, you know, legalizing drugs uh, later. Um, not because that... I, I will address this right now. I want it legalized so it can be handled in a health emergency way. I don't think that people should be penalized for whatever they put in their own bodies. But obviously, you need to have some sort of a, you know, a way to... Like if you have someone addicted to heroin or meth that they have children, and you can get the children away from them before they harm the kids. Because at that moment, you're not just affecting your own body, you're affecting the people that you're in charge of. So if you're a guardian, you obviously should not be running around doing a lot of heroin or meth. Same thing happens with people that are alcoholics. If you have someone that is an alcoholic, obviously the state can come in and take your kids because you are an unfit parent, you're an unfit guardian until you get the help that you need. But we, get, we are doing that shit right now with everybody that's doing meth and heroin and they get caught. It happens all the damn time. And I know this because I go to court for it. I'm a volunteer for foster children. There are kids that are in foster care right now that their parents can't get clean off of meth or heroin or any other opiates or, or pills or whatever. So it's not like things would have to change. It's just that we have to change the way that we address them whenever they get caught or whenever someone gets, you know, they get a, a, a DUI or if something like that happens. I don't think that they should be arrested and I don't think that we should give authorities the right or the authority to bust your door down and put everyone in your family down on the ground with guns to their head and tell them that they're going to raid their house and just basically go through and do whatever the fuck they want. And that's the whole point of the whole conversation here. That's the whole, I, wanted, I wanted to give my real-life experience on, on a drug raid um, because I think that if people are able to go their whole lives, even if it's just till the age of 15, and never touch it but still be put in a situation where that happens... I think we really need to sit back and we need to and self-reflect as a nation and as a country and as a people on why we're giving these people that right or why we're giving them that ability because it's absolutely bonkers to me. It's crazy. So, all right, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, if you have any comments, please shoot them over to me. And if you have any feedback, let me know. And I will see you guys next time.